Note to self. Hello everyone, we're back with another episode, and today we have a very special guest. We're here with the very talented Mr. Jung Ho Park. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm artistic advisor and conductor to the Fremont Symphony, and uh, I've been with the orchestra for about two years or so, which is not a lot, but it's all kind of a ground to a stop because of the pandemic, but I'm, I, I love the orchestra. The musicians are wonderful. It's a great organization. I am particularly really, I really love the Tri-City area. I've learned that there's so much diversity in this. I mean, just look at this, look at this call right now. Look at, look at, look at who's sitting in this room. Uh, this is Fremont. And it's really my job to help guide the orchestra to become as relevant as possible for a very diverse population. And it, it's something that I wasn't trained for, really. I, I, I've led orchestras in big cities like in San Diego and East Coast and the Bay Area as well, of course. And I, I think a lot of us growing up in music have been very Eurocentric oriented in terms of how we perceive classical music and symphonic music. So coming to this tri-city area really inspires me to see if we can transform classical music, symphonic music. Well, and actually, you know, the orchestra does more than classical music. In fact, we do mostly a mix of pops and classical. So my title is artistic advisor, which I, I try to advise as best as I can. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. So to get like a better background, what was your general journey with music? How did you start and how did you end up where you are today? Well, my, my beginnings were very, very typical. Uh, I actually grew up in the Bay Area. I grew up in, I was born near San Francisco in the San Mateo, San Mateo area. And then my family lived around San Francisco and then Sunnyvale and Cupertino and Montesoreno, which is near Los Gatos. And so I have been really a, a Northern Bay Area kid, um, but I've worked all around the country. But my beginnings really began with a piano at age six. And I, I practiced and I was very diligent, but I have to confess, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as probably some people enjoy playing piano. Practicing was not my favorite thing to do, especially because you're doing it alone uh, a lot. And it's not so much fun when your friends come knocking on your door and wanting to play basketball. So what changed my life was actually um, public school. I love public education. And they brought a recorder into class and we all learned recorder. And then I graduated to a clarinet. I shouldn't say the word graduate because the recorder is a wonderful instrument, just as it is. But I trans transferred to the clarinet and then I learned to play in a band. And that changed my whole perspective of music, of playing with people. Nothing like playing in an ensemble. It's so much fun. And I had a wonderful junior high teacher named Mr. Ted Tannehill, who taught at Miller Junior High in Cupertino. And I really wanted to be just like him. In fact, one day when he was absent, I got up in front of the group because the substitute teacher did not know how to conduct. So that was my very first experience. I was in junior high. I think I was probably in eighth grade and I led the group and it was so much fun, so exciting that it inspired me to want to be a teacher. So I went through high school. I led the pep band in high school and, and, and then I played it in an orchestra and boy, for the first time, I heard repertoire and music that really got my attention. So I wanted to be an orchestra conductor when I went to college. And uh, so, but anyway, that's how I got started. If it wasn't for public school education and the wonderful teachers in there and the programs, 
I, w I wouldn't be where I am today. That was really interesting to hear about everything. And we were wondering if there was a specific part of classical music or instrumental music that made you like want to pursue it instead of maybe the other genres of music? Well, I love other genres of music. I actually played in a rock and roll band a little bit when I was in um, high school. And then I played in the jazz band. I played a little saxophone in the jazz band. Um, when I was in high school, believe it or not, you know, I, I, I listened to disco music and, uh, and pop music. I'm a big fan of, of pop music from all the decades, even before my generation. And I believe that the more that you learn about other kinds of music, not just American music, but also world music, you become a better, much better musician. It's like a chef. If you're learning to create your own restaurant, the more that you learn about other flavors and spices, that really inspires you and you can incorporate that and create new types of flavors. And that's what I've done. If you come to my concerts, they're not just one kind of concert. I, I freely mix music from the movies with world music, maybe music from you know um, Asia or from Africa, which I just did less than a year ago. Um, I believe that Americans, if you, if you listen to their playlist, it's more than just one type of music. I'm sure you guys also enjoy lots of different kinds of music. So I, I want to reflect that as much as possible. I, I even love country music. I enjoy rap sometimes. Um, I think it's really important to understand and wear other people's shoes and understand where they're coming from and why they are so passionate about something. Oh, I love that. I love that you talked about like diversity in music and diversity of people and how it's so interconnected. Because I, I think I definitely, sometimes maybe certain music doesn't appeal to me, but it definitely is still a type of music that is to be appreciated. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's beautifully put, beautifully, beautifully put. And, I, and I, I want to go one step further and say, you know, in a time where our country is so fractured, um, music is one of the few things that actually we can, you said it so beautifully, we may listen to different kinds of music, but we all love music. And I think that that's what binds us. So true. <laughs> so was there a specific moment that helped you decide that, you know, this is what you want to do for the rest of your life and do it professionally? Hmm, that's a really good question. I would say that, you know, when I was younger in, in high school and then even in college, I thought that, okay, well, I'm going to be a, a musician because I don't really like anything else. <laughs> really a dumb Default reason. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I was okay at the other things, but not really exceptional. And I was good at music. But, you know, guys, that's really not a reason. It's, it's a reason to do something, but it's not necessarily a reason to, to make it a career. And, and I'm being kind of um, harsh on myself, and, and hopefully that'll inspire you, is that doing something for the pleasure of it is wonderful. But when you make it your career, when you get paid for it, and it's, you have responsibilities for it, then I think you need to have a deeper, deeper roots of why you do something. And for me, many years later, I discovered that being a conductor in particular uh, and being a musician in general, that music was created to heal. And I, this is why I love being on this podcast. Music is meant to, to strengthen the human spirit. If you're depressed or even for people who have severe uh, medical conditions, either mental or physical, music has a way of reaching parts of the brain that no other art form or other medium can. 
I mean, you I know you you know about people who have Alzheimer's or some kind of um, uh, brain disease, and music is one of the last things to go. Everything your memory may go, your understanding of your awareness may go, but you see people go to the piano and play a complete Beethoven sonata or an old ragtime tune because there's something about music that enters into every part of your body and your mind. It requires sight and hearing and, 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 and emotion. And this is, uh, and for people who do not have these issues, but you're just everyday people, music still has a powerful way of changing your mental attitude and your outlook on life, hope. And this is why I, I pushed for one of my orchestras, the Cape Symphony, to adopt a very ambitious, very audacious mission state. Usually mission statements are things that are very aspirational and very formal and, you know, to preserve classical music, et cetera. Our mission statement was very simple, is very simple, and that is to inspire joy. There's no mention about music or classical music or symphonies even. It's about inspiring joy. So to, to answer your question, what drove me to become a professional musician and have it as a calling was um, understanding how, how much the world needs music. And that's, that's what inspires me every day. And then I also heard other musicians, like a jazz musician like Miles Davis, play music in such a sensitive way. And I said, wow. If I can be affected this way, how can I make Beethoven and Mozart, which some people consider to be museum music, music that's dead for 200 or 250 years ago, how can I make this gorgeous music that I love come alive like Miles Davis or like, like a rock band, you know, uh, or a pop artist like uh, Lady Gaga, who makes music seem so incredibly present? Um, so that's one of the things I enjoy doing. That's why I like mixing things up at the concert. And that's why when I conduct a concert, I use every bit of my body like, like a rock musician or a pop musician so that people can say, wow, that person's really having a great time. Uh, kind of like the famous American conductor, Leonard Bernstein, who conducted with every cell of his body. I try to do the same. I'm not as good as him, but I try to do the same. Really interesting. And you heard about a lot about the conductor side of your job and we were wondering what it's like to be artistic director as well and what you do on maybe like a day-to-day -day basis as the artistic director. Mm -hmm. Well um, the reason I choose the word artistic because most conductors choose the word music director. Uh, I decided to go left and choose the word artistic director or artistic advisor because music is more than just music. If you go see a rock band it's not just the sound from the guitars. It's the energy. It's their humanity. It's their enthusiasm. Uh, one musician I think about a lot is Yo-Yo Ma, who's a very famous cellist. And he's not just a cellist. It's not just about music, but it's what is in his heart that makes him a superstar. You can see it on stage. So when I had a chance to choose the title, I chose, I said I wanted to have an influence over more than just the noise or sound we were making, but rather who the musicians were on stage, their dreams, their aspirations, their personalities. And so by being artistic director, I, I can talk about the, 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 the presence, the acknowledge who they are, what we're doing on stage, not just the sound they're producing. They're not human jukeboxes. 
they're not just the instrument, they're people. And so, um, and I'm also interested in the marketing of the orchestra. I get involved with the imaging and the website and the customer experience. I think this is where Steve Jobs really was quite influential. It wasn't just about how fast the, the chip was or how big the screen was. It was about the human experience of how you interact with an iPhone or an iPad. Uh, he really changed the world's thinking about technology. And I hope to do that for music as well. I think that's such a unique and like really progressive mindset, I think. Oh, thank you. No, I, I, I actually, in some circles, it's, 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 it's almost uh, radical. It's almost uh, anarchistic in, in terms of its thinking. I, I like to break things, like they say in Facebook. <laughs> so, in general, what kind of effects do you think music can have on people? And do you have any anecdotes about how it has affected perhaps an audience member, an orchestra member, or even you? Oh, many, many, many times. In fact, I, I would say that your question is actually also a metric for success, that a concert that's perfectly played, a concert that um, where the musicians don't make any mistakes, some people might consider a success. I consider it not a success. Um, it's, it's good to do the things that you practiced, but that's not the goal, is perfection, to move the human heart. And so your question is, you know, are there times where I have been moved in and yes many times where i've conducting and then you're in the zone it doesn't happen that often um, sometimes an audience could be very moved and i'm not in the zone uh, i'm thinking about okay you know this tempo here and we need to watch out for this moment here and all these things but occasionally i get lost in the moment and i'm i'm pulled away kind of like a surfer on a big wave and the music does carry me away. And sometimes I've conducted very famous classical pieces by Gustav Mahler or Beethoven, where you're, you're not aware that you're conducting, but you're just aware you're with human beings on stage. Those are special moments. I've worked with certain soloists like Yo-Yo Ma or Joshua Bell uh, or James Taylor, people who are, are pure energy when they're with you and, and you're next to them and you're, you're conducting them and conducting with them or conducting for them, and you feel like you're in the presence of greatness. That is a very emotionally moving moment. I've had concerts afterward where musicians come off of stage and they're on cloud nine. They're walking on 10 feet in the air and they feel so incredibly proud and they feel so transported. They knew something special happened for them and the organization. And those are unforgettable. But for the most part, uh, the greatest joy I have is when the audience afterward run up to me and grab my hand and they say, oh my goodness, that was the greatest concert ever. Thank you so much. Or I see um, a person who I can see the weight of the world is on their face. They're, they're either depressed or maybe they're lonely. And you know that you have done something very meaningful for them. That for me, is the greatest compliment. It's the greatest prize, the greatest reason why I do what I do and what we do what we do is to bring our community closer together, to bring people's souls and spirits closer to themselves so they feel more alive than they ever have been. Wow, that's truly beautiful. You do amazing work. And I think that will conclude our first segment. If you would like to continue listening to this amazing conversation, 
please check out part two of this episode, where we'll be talking about composers and evoking emotions, practice sessions at the Fremont Symphony Orchestra, and more. So stay tuned. Also, make sure to check out Fremont Symphony Orchestra if you haven't already. They are amazing. Thank you.